He said, we got to look first at the difference between direction and goals. Now, it's a very important distinction. The direction we have in our life is critically important. How you select your goals is a determined or should be determined by the direction you want. Welcome to The Ziegler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. Today, we hear a message from Zig Ziglar. It's on direction, the power and necessity, if you want to make progress, of determining the direction you want to go in your life, to have a vision and a game plan. From this message, I asked this question on Facebook. Where in your life do you have any specific goals in mind that you are working towards? Physical, family, education, financial, spiritual, career, experiences, other Well, Tom Ziegler and I talked through these responses and Tom ended up sharing a paradigm shifting perspective on goals and replacing that with problems. It was the first time I've heard the concept put that way. And I think it'll give new life to many of you as it did for me and looking at the things that we desire to achieve or better in our lives. Well, hey, if you're hearing this show and haven't subscribed to us yet in iTunes, will you go ahead and hit the subscribe button? It does much for helping increase our rankings so new people find us. uh, And I thank you in advance for doing so. Hey, we'll kick off our message with this clip from Zig Ziglar right after I share some great resources. Okay, folks, here then is a two-minute clip from Zig Ziglar on the direction for your life. He said, we got to look first at the difference between direction and goals. Now, it's a very important distinction. The direction we have in our life is critically important. How you select your goals is determined or should be determined by the direction you want. For example, if you want to go to Atlanta from uh, Dallas, Texas, uh, you know, you got to go east. Now, if you leave Dallas and drive a little while and see a sign, Lubbock, Texas, next stop, uh, you can still get to Atlanta by going west, but it takes a lot longer and it's going to take more than an automobile. So you got to determine the direction uh, you want in your life. Now, we need a vision. You know, Solomon says, my people perish for lack of a vision. Albert Schweitzer, in his declining years, was asked the question, how goes it, Dr. Schweitzer? And he said, my eyesight fails, but my vision is clearer than ever. Helen Keller said, it is better to have a vision and no sight than to have it the other way around. Uh, Justice Stone and Zimmel says, a vision is a clearly articulated results oriented picture of a future you tend to create. Now, all of this is tied in with our image, our self-image. Emerson said, what lies behind you and what lies before you are tiny matters compared to what lies within you. You were born to win. You're created in God's own image. But in order to be the winner you were born to be, there's got to be a game plan to go along with it. Well, hey, there you go. An incredible message from Zig. Again, from that on Facebook at my Agent K. Miller page, where I invite you to friend me so you can take part in these weekly Q&A sessions, I asked, where in your life do you have any specific goals in mind that you are working towards? 
physical, family, education, financial, spiritual, career experiences, or other. Well, here then, Tom Ziegler and I talk through your comments, and Tom brings us this new perspective on reframing goals. Well, Tom, we're talking about specific goals today, and I just wanted to ask people coming off of Zig's message about some specific areas and just get some feedback on, you know, not only, Hey, do you set goals? And people say, yes, but how about some specific areas? And so somewhat looking at the Ziegler wheel of life, I ad libbed a little bit off that asking about, you know, education goals and, uh, spiritual, well, spiritual is, is on there, but, uh, you know, even just experiences that people wanted to achieve and go after. So got some really, uh, you know, good feedback here. And as we know from, you and from Ziegler being the more specific, the better, right? Absolutely. Uh, Dad said, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And then I like that other quote that says, aim small, miss small. Mm-hmm. So when we get very, very specific in the goal that we want to achieve, then, or I like to say the problem we want to solve, uh, which is kind of an interesting comment on this topic about only about 20% of the population is really goal-motivated. About 80% of the population is problem-solving motivated. These mm. are people, yeah, these are people who like to uh, check off the list. But here's the cool thing. If you change the word goal for problem and you look at it as problem-solving, it works exactly the same. The system is exactly the same. So, you know, somebody who says, I have a goal to lose 30, we- uh, 30 pounds, you could say, uh, I have a, pr- I have a problem I need to solve. I'm 30 pounds overweight. <laughs> so Tom, I, is ex- yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm 47 years old. Uh, and I live in the personal development world. I've never heard that perspective of a problem. And I think it's great. Cause yeah, as you know, there's some people who I think are almost, I don't know, they got, they got baggage around goals, you know, goals, desires, dreams, whatever, but problems. And I mean, right. As you were saying that I'm thinking through, the achievements that I have set before me and some of them I have as goals. Some of them I absolutely in my mind's eye, I have as problems. I love that. Yeah. And here's the thing, you know, sometimes people think, well, you know, you're only focusing on problems. That's negative. Uh, We need to identify problems and then get solution focused. And so when you put the word problem instead of goal, you're actually making the problem, which is negative, you're turning it into positive because the system is a solution. And and this is cool. You know, goals don't care about your past. The system doesn't care about your past. It doesn't, when you put it into the system, it doesn't matter to the system how many times you've tried and (laughs) failed or tried and not succeeded. And so that's, there's a lot of hope in that. So if you're listening to this today and you've been like, you know what, the, the goal thing doesn't work for me. I want you to change the word from goal to problem solving because all of us, well, 80% get fired up about tackling and checking off problems that we solve. And it's, it's the, the key is to focus on the solution, not on the problem. Gosh, it's it's so interesting. It's, I'm curious, you know, here we post these questions on Facebook. I posted this in the perspective of a goal. If I went back and said, okay, uh, tell me some problems you're solving. I bet I would get a whole new slew of, uh, submissions. We we might have to do that and then talk through them. 
uh, a little bit. All right. Well, we'll put that on the burner. It could be. Well, let me start off here then. I've got one by Yada Ricky, and she says, I believe in constantly expanding our abilities in all areas of our lives that we should not allow ourselves to become complacent. Life is growth. Amen. Uh, she says, number one, I'm working on losing 30 pounds. Um, I, uh, number two, my husband and I have two little girls and after moving halfway, uh, around the world to an Island in the South Pacific, we realized the best thing we can give our girls is a life full of experiences. So our goal is to travel the world together. I value personal development. So I read inspirational books, but my goal is to expand my subjects of interest to science, technology, and medicine. Next the goal is to become debt-free before traveling. Then I consider myself a spiritual person, always try to stay in tune with God, but I don't, but I feel I don't love people enough like God wants me to. So the goal is to allow more people into my life and to live the golden rule. And uh, six, I'm a stay at home mom. So my children are my main priority, but my goal career wise is to write a book on parenting. And then seven, when you think of a crazy idea, stop overthinking, just do it. So again, we're taking our kids traveling the world. Wow. I think she just wrapped up the whole show right there. That's, I love it. Oh my gosh. That's, that's uh, amazing. I, I, okay. I'll tell you the one that stood out to me and then you shoot Tom that the spiritual one always trying to, uh, I, I feel like I don't love people enough like God wants me to do. So the goal is to allow more people into my life and to live the golden rule. I'll never forget. I feel like I mentioned on a show recently that at one point I talked to my wife about, ah, you know, I, I need to increase my patience. And she said, well, be careful what you ask for, because God will probably give you lots of reasons that you're going to have to now be patient. <laughs> you're not going to like that, but that's what it takes. So I, I like her. I like her. She's jumping into the mire there. Yeah, I love the balance, uh, you know, in these different areas. One of the things that we teach is that there's three goals or areas or, you know, parts of your life that you should be working on all the time. And that's the mental, the spiritual and the physical. Because when we're strong in those, they they then impact everything else. Yeah. Uh, so if you if you're putting the right information in mentally, you're working on your relationship with your creator, and you're in good physical health, the likelihood that you'll stick to your financial goal is far far higher, because you have the energy, the stamina, you have the right thought processes, and you you know that you're doing it for an eternal reason, not just a you know, a, a short-term reason. So I like the the broad approach. Uh, one other comment that I would make on this, if, if as you're listening to this, we teach the wheel of life. And so imagine a wheel that has seven spokes on it. And the seven spokes are the mental, the spiritual, the physical, the family, the financial, the personal, and the career. And Kevin is a, is a uh, avid uh, cyclist and one-time racer, uh, I know that in some cases, the spokes on the, the bicycles used to be hollow. Um, and so when I think of the spokes on the wheel of life, I, I envision them as hollow. And the reason they're hollow is because it takes, it's strong, but it, it and it has a lot less weight to it. But in the wheel of life, the reason it's hollow is because that's where the relationships flow. Mm. And so every goal that you have involves relationships. It's like the scarlet thread. And so when when you look at your approach to life, you've just got to remember that there's three relationships that we all have. 
we have a relationship with ourselves and that's got to be positive and strong and good. So the self-talk and everything, the, the way we value ourselves, we have a relationship with others and that's got to be positive. That's got to be, you know, doing the right things. And then we have a relationship with God. And so every time I think of a, a, a problem to be solved or a goal that I want to achieve, that spoke or that relationship, I think of the relationships that I've got to have strong to make that happen. And so Yada's approach here really does that because it's focusing on the balance there. I like that a lot. Yeah, I do too. And I think one of the best things that any of us can get from this show, this topic today, uh, folks, if you type in Ziegler wheel of life, you'll find a hundred PDFs on it. You can look at that. Obviously we talk through it every week uh, or every other week in our habits show with our guests, but to do that and just to write down a goal, a desire, a problem in each area, just something that gives you that intentional, uh, tangible aspect to, to focus your life around. And as Tom, as you said at the beginning, if we don't aim at anything, we don't hit anything. So give something to aim at. Well, Mike here, Glancy, he says, uh, I am on a three-year countdown to retirement. And then he has in parentheses, changing how I earn a living. Uh, we did not prepare properly. So our goals are to become full-time motorhomers, find a way to make a living on the road, uh, become debt-free. We've been working on this for four years with Dave Ramsey's help. We will be debt-free next month. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, he wants to achieve maximum health for or they do for their age. And he puts again in parentheses, we did not plan well in that area either. I want to spend lots of time with kids, grandkids that are scattered all over the country. There are many other parts, but that is a good summary. Um, I do want to use that to make a shameless promotional call out to my sister, Ashley. Uh, her last name is Logston and she, they've been traveling full time. I think they're coming up on two years uh, with their three little girls and they have now launched a, uh, a product and a webinar and some things you can be involved in. But if you go to 90 day, it's nine zero, the number 90 day family road trip.com. They're having incredible success, just helping people through the minutia of gosh, how do you actually do that with a family with having to make money, all that kind of stuff. So call out there, but man, for I, I uh, Mike, I'm sure speaks for a lot of folks who are looking at to speak of retirement, uh, who can't necessarily retire though. I think, uh, Tom is, as you know, well, from your dad, he never had an intent to retire. Um, but yeah, thoughts on that. I love it. Well, of course, uh, 2017, one of my goals was to study Hebrew. And, uh, so I read a lot and a lot of you listeners know this, but I read a lot from Rabbi Lappin, Daniel Lappin and, uh, in the original Hebrew, the word retirement is never mentioned. And it also retirement is never mentioned in the Bible. And dad used to say that all the time. But here's the connotation. The connotation is, in today's world, retirement means that I stop serving others and I only want to be served. Mm. And of course, uh, I believe, and I think many people believe that our greatest reason for being created was to serve others. I mean, that's how we have our ultimate fulfillment. So uh, I like what Mike says. He's, he's going to return. He's going to serve others in a different way. And that's really uh, an awesome goal to have is how can you maximize the gifts and talents that God's given you in a way that serves other people, solves their problems. Isn't it interesting that it kind of all goes back to solving problems? 
uh, when when we solve enough other people's problems, we're living out dad's quote. You can have everything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. Yeah. And I like the balance there of really getting the freedom. Um, one of the definitions of freedom that I heard is doing what you want, when you want, with who you want. And I can't think of a cooler way, if that's your thing, than doing it as a, as, you know, traveling the country in an RV or, you know, or a tiny house or whatever it is. Uh, because if you can solve others' problems and, and, and maximize the gifts and talents that God's given you in the process, I like that a lot. So, and Mike is, uh, he writes in and, and uh, he's, a, he's a great guy and he's on a great path. Um, and here's the thing. What's, what's the downside of going for it? Yeah. I really can't think of one if you do it in the proper sequence. Yeah. Right. So absolutely. Well, Andrew knee writes and he says within a year, which ends July 4th, I will lose 20 pounds, which is about 10% of my body weight. The first 15 were relatively easy, but the last five I've been stuck on. For two months already, I find myself needing to deny myself the small junk food nibbles and also modify my exercises. Next to work on is more sleep. Uh, six hours, I don't think is quite what I need. Well, I appreciate that sharing. I think that uh, you know, weight and physical health and wellness is a big one in the goals area. Probably one of the more laborious ones for all of us to deal with. And I just appreciate Andrew getting specific. And I, I also think Tom, you know, with, with that, he has a goal, 20 pounds, the first bit is easy. Then it got hard. That seems so indicative of the journey towards any achievement. I know back when I had my online membership, uh, for people wanting to transition from traditional employment to self-employment that so often I, and I got to where I, I could not only could count on it, that I started speaking and say, Hey folks, here's what to expect. You're going to come in with inspiration and gusto, and you're going to knock it out of the park and, and start making progress. And then you're going to hit this point and realize son of a gun, I've lost my momentum that comes, came in over and over. Oh my gosh, I lost momentum. And I just feel stalled out that that is a natural part of the process. So if we just expect that not to be pessimistic, I'll give your take on that. I mean, it's not to be pessimistic, but to say, Hey, that's probably going to happen with anything. Yeah. We make those quick gains and definitely in health and wellness, if you're adding muscle, man, that first bit of muscle is not that hard to add on, but then you plateau and you hear that over and over that that seems to be indicative of the journey of achievement in any way that you start off with a bang, you're going to hit some turbulence. You're going to, it's going to get harder. And the, the fine points probably by proxy always are going to be, but if we know that that's the case, we can get it on the table and deal better with it, Tom. Absolutely. In fact, in the Ziegler goal setting system, we have seven steps that you do. And one of the steps is identifying the mountains to climb and the obstacles to overcome. And one of the things that, you know, Seth Godin calls it the dip. Mm -hmm. uh, we all encounter the dip and that's where the initial energy and motivation and quick rapid gain slows way down and it becomes the grind. And so if you identify that when the grind's going to happen before you start, then you can have a plan mm -hmm. uh, to counteract that. And so what I like to do is sometimes is, Instead of just setting a goal to lose 20 pounds, uh, you might divide it into three goals, you know, lose 
lose 10, lose five and lose five. And then you change your plan for each one of those goals just a little bit. Uh, and I think there's something that consciously, or maybe it's unconscious here with Andrew, uh, he puts in there, he needs to sleep more. And I just did a lot of research on sleep and Kevin, you probably know more than I do. Um, but when you don't get seven hours of sleep, and this is by far, uh, the minimum average, some people are, are unique, but by far, most of us fit into the seven hour your body doesn't burn fat as well and you crave uh, carbs and the fat that you do store is that most unhealthy kind of fat. So I think it's interesting that uh, he's written in there he needs to get more sleep. And I think subconsciously, you know, that maybe the sleep is the key to the last five pounds. Uh, yeah, man. Sleep is, I think people almost look at it as a fad right now because it's gotten to become such a focal point in health and wellness arenas, especially but it is not a fad. It is something that we have abused just like food for so long. And gosh, you know that Tom man in the personal development world, you, you heard people bragging about how they could get by on three, four hours of sleep a night and produce more and produce more. And that is absolutely a not sustainable. That'd be like saying, Hey, I'm only going to breathe for three fourths of the day and the rest I'm not going to, or I'm only going to eat, you know, three fourths of the month and not people, people aren't going to do that. And that is not, healthy. Well, yeah, the sleep fuels everything. And I know it's a struggle, uh, for all of us. We want to do more or we feel like we're trapped in it, but, uh, we've got to come back. I find more and more people realizing coming to grips with, and I have to myself of, you know what, if I get more sleep and have less time to produce being rested during that time, I am producing, I produce more as opposed to sitting there in brain fog and a funk. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I read a, a a review of a study where they took a, a group of high performers. So these are, you know, your one percenters as far as performance who all bragged or said that they slept less than five hours a day. Mm. And they did a sleep study where they put them in a, you know, in a capsule where you don't have any reference to time. Right. So there's no clocks, there's no sunlight, there's none of that. And they just studied them. And I, and I'm not sure how many days they were in there. And they said, here's all your work that you need to do and just sleep when you're tired. And almost all of them immediately started getting at least seven hours of sleep and almost, and all of their productivity went up. Yeah. So they were actually getting more done in less amount of time at a higher productivity level once their sleep adjusted to what their body really need. So our mind is a powerful thing. We can tell it uh, to believe something and it will. And then we operate that that's the truth. When in reality, we've just, uh, we call it a, in golf, we call it a ceiling. We, mm -hmm. You've just put a ceiling on yourself You because you've bought into a limiting belief or you're doing a limiting movement in your swing. You're, you've put a cap or a ceiling on, on your potential. Yeah. And so we got to change those in order to get our potential up. We've got to get a new belief based on science and truth and things like that, that will un unleash and uncap our potential. Well, absolutely. And that sleep, you know, as we often talk about here, it, the planning for when you're going to wake up in the morning, uh, it starts the night before on deciding when you have to go to bed. I know my alarm is going to go off at five fifteen, 
And so when nine o'clock hits, I know that the clock is ticking now as to whether I'm going to get eight hours of sleep, seven hours of sleep or less. Let me scare you or inspire you, whichever way you want to look at it. One, one more thing there. We were talking, Tom, before we started the show about some of the health measurements. And I mentioned one of them is telomeres. It's actually your chromosome health in essence, layman's term chromosome health, but it's really looking at, Hey, you may be this age, but internally you are this age. And that can be, uh, you can be older or younger depending on, on what's happening. We are seeing, and it's, it's pretty new science. So I'm not going to say this definitively at all, but what we're seeing, one of the things that the people who developed it are seeing, one of the things that can, uh, can affect it negatively at a, at a high level is an ACE score, adverse childhood effects. Early childhood traumas have a lot to do with your uh, future long-term in-depth help, uh, health. Uh, but another one that we're looking at is sleep. And we've looked at some people who are involved in the military, specifically the military is well-known or going for long periods of time on very little sleep and pushing. I mean, you know that we hear that with the special forces and whatever. And I mean, in that scenario, that is great for them to be able to, to, to learn to perform at a high level sleep deprived. That's great for survival. That's not good for health. And we're seeing that as being one of the areas that really hurts that in depth, your actual age of health and, and with a military focus, which some of, some people could take it to a work focus. They've done the same thing. It can actually cause sleep disorders that are really hard to recover from and get to a healthy place. So there, there's our pitch on sleep. We should have had a sleep sponsor today, a mattress <laughs> company or something. Yeah, uh, there's a, there's a, uh, a gentleman. He's probably the number one expert in uh, warfare and fighting. His name is Dave Grossman. And uh, he studied PTSD and sleep in the military. Mm. And almost every time there's PTSD, there's also an association with lack of sleep. Mm. Goodness. So, so it is. And, and then in the just look at the U.S. and what we see here with law enforcement. Anytime that you see a law enforcement uh, officer uh, do what they call a questionable use of force. It's almost always associated with a high level of stress and a lack of sleep over the previous several weeks. Goodness. So sleep is actually absolutely key. Uh, in so many ways. Well, hey, thanks for bringing that up, Andrew. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Sean says, uh, I have been procrastinating. This is great. I've been procrastinating on editing my book on goal setting and building belief. That is the biggest goal I have set for the past two years. Um, I connect uh, daily with God and picked one word at the beginning of the year to channel all my energy toward the word for 2018 is focus. I thought of you, Tom, because I know you, you do that. You pick a word. Uh, he says it's worked incredibly well. My wife's word is confidence, and we are both changed people because of intentionally incorporating these words into our lives daily. Well, I love the divulging that he's got a book on goal setting, and he's struggling with procrastinating on the on the book on goal setting. That is just, that's humanity, isn't it, Tom? <laughs> that is. Do you know what the number one rule of procrastination is? Do not. What? Always finish what you... Uh. <laughs> Thank you. There's a, there's a good internet meme right there, right? 
Yes, man. I so you're dear to my heart there, Sean. I I procrastinate. I think most people think about procrastinating as being lazy. And man, I, I am, I am, that's one thing I will say. I am not a lazy person, but I will procrastinate. What's interesting to me that's relevant to what, uh, Sean says here on, on the book. Sometimes I will procrastinate some of the most important things, some of the things that I'm most excited about, but they're often, they just take more effort. And so I will do the, all the things that aren't quite as hard to finally get. Sometimes I feel like I work all day just to get to the one hour of really important work. And then I blast it out. Uh, we all have to figure out ways to manage ourselves and our own procrastination. But man, I think that that is, uh, you're in good company there, Sean. Yeah. You know, um, the most powerful nation in the world is imagination. <laughs> And the weakest nation in the world is procrastination. That's great. So you've hit the nail on the head. There there are so many ways to do, but I think it just comes down to this. Uh, You've got to make a decision to determine to build habits that allow you to work through procrastination. Mm -hmm. And habits are a muscle, just like anything else. Uh, So... If you have an important project like you do, uh, you have to create habits that allow you to get the project done on time so that procrastination isn't the thing. Because you know what? There's always something else to do in there. It's just life today. Yeah. Building habits is obviously the huge one. Uh, The other one for me, for for Sean and everybody, I have to make deadlines uh, for myself. That is the way that I finally come through. And sometimes I'll make them when I don't have to. I'm pretty... Uh, I have gotten to where I will, well, I've got a business that's being, that we're building right now. And I will often set a call with our team on a certain day and time for us to talk about uh, a certain aspect of the business. That's my responsibility. So that timeline is coming. And now I know these, you know, three or four people are going to be on a zoom call showing up to talk about this thing. I got to have something to talk about. And so I'll set that deadline for myself. And I've just learned that. And I think that's, again, one of those ways of none of us are on the road to becoming perfect, but we are learning how to manage our strengths and weaknesses. Uh, I I talk a lot about managing my disabilities. I find ways to do that. And uh, if it's goofy, it doesn't matter as long as you get the results. So, uh, yeah, I, I manufacture deadlines. That's how I make things happen. So, Kevin, I have an idea for you. We could partner on this. And, and, and actually, anybody who's listening to the, to the show, if you want to take me up on this, I'd be happy to do it with you, too. If you have an important 90-day goal that you want to achieve and you would like for me to be your accountability coach, then I'd be happy to do it. And this is how it works. What you do is you send me a check for $10,000. Mm-hmm. So, Kevin, just send me a check for $10,000. I will deposit it into my account and then every day for 90 days, you text me a picture of your performance planner of what you've actually accomplished towards your goal. Just a simple text. And then if you do it every day for 90 days, I will send you back your $10,000. And if you don't, I'll keep it and I'll have fun with it. Does that Mm -hmm. sound fair? That sounds beautiful. Tom, I I know, (laughs) I know a couple, couple guys who did that. Uh, it was, they, it was a thousand bucks and, but the one guy gave it to the other, gave him the check and the, the, uh, 
uh, end result was, you know, if he, if he made the goal, he got the money back. If he didn't, it was given to, and I think it was a political campaign that he was highly against right? <laughs> <laughs> the guy was going to donate it to X. So I won't name it, but, uh, you know, it was going to donate it. So I love that. I love that perspective, but it is man in consequences. That's why we often these big, some of the most important things we want to do are not the most urgent. They're not the have tos. We have to go to work, uh, pay the bills, pay the mortgage. We have to change the kid's diaper. We have, we have a lot of have tos. We have to get groceries. We have to, to, to eat. Uh, but, uh, these big things, some of the biggest callings of our lives are not the have tos. And so, yeah, I, I like making them a have to. Well, Hey, here's a uh, last one, Dan Moyle. Uh, which I got to give a call out to. He's the host of the Storytellers Network, who I did an interview with. And I don't know if you did yet, Tom. I think he was going to get a hold of you if not. But uh, really cool podcast, Storytellers Network, talking about people who use storytelling in their business, in their lives. Uh, but he's also chief marketing officer at Interview Valet. I saw those guys met up with them out at uh, Social Media Marketing World in San Diego not long ago. And they provide us with some, uh, some of our really great guests. Uh, so he says, I spend 15 to 30 minutes every day in prayer, reading, uh, in quiet time in the morning, then the end every day with writing in a gratitude journal on the professional, personal side, his goal is to read one book every week, minimum for personal and professional development, financial, they're working on becoming debt free in the next five years and experiences. He says, once we're debt free, uh, they want to be able to work remotely so they can travel at will. My wife and I want to explore the world before retirement age. Not that we plan to retire, just evolve our lives. I, I like the marriage there of they have a financial goal to become debt-free in five years. And then based on that, they are going to enjoy some experiences. I mean, that's just good. You know, we got ultimately Tom, let's, let's end if, uh, if you would on this aspect of, we have got to have motivation. I mean, at the end of the day, if we're not doing these things that we kind of want to do, we say we want to do, obviously our motivation is not high enough. And again, I can attest to that even some of the things that I, I feel called to do, I can struggle with that. And I might, yeah, set a deadline. Like we talked about a, a little bit ago to help my motivation. Cause that'll motivate me is the accountability, but whatever it is, I mean, at the end of the day, is there anything more important than nailing down our motive? Here's the reality any goal worth achieving, anything that's going to move the needle, that's going to increase my satisfaction with life, it's going to have barriers and obstacles. And in order for us to punch through the grind and make those things come true, the why, the dream, the, the, the purpose behind it has got to be extremely clear and extremely important. That's why when we're working on a goal that's not really our goal, you know, it's somebody else's goal or <laughs> we're working on a goal where the payoff doesn't make sense. We give up. And so we've got to have a really clearly defined why a lot of people uh, like, let's just look at a health goal. They really don't have a health goal until they either come to uh, a reality check with mortality, right? Yeah. They have a scare and they realize what they could lose or they sit down and identify what they could experience with grandkids and travel and everything else if they did it right. And I call that, you know, uh, people usually don't set goals until they encounter one of the two, one of the two D's, a dream or a disaster. Mm -hmm. 
And so whatever your position in his life, my, my position is this. It's a lot more fun to set goals and organize your right life around dreams than it is doing it out of coming out of the pit of a disaster. Yeah. And so clarity in what you want, who you want to become, the things you want to experience, the health and lifestyle that you would like to uh, have, man, that's, that allows you to move past the dip, the grind and keep it going. And then you've got to keep that in front of you all the time. The pictures, the, the reasons why all those things are so powerful. Yeah. I want to make a call out to your statement there of disaster that let me go back again to my, my long time. I spent uh, six to seven years working again with people wanting to move from traditional income or traditional employment to self-employment. And so often that would happen that finally the disaster would happen. They'd get fired from that job that they didn't like anyways, and probably weren't doing a great job at, or just something would happen and there was restructuring and they got let go. And then so often I say, okay, now I'm going to go after that self-employment thing. And our answer grew to be, that's, that's a bad idea. This is the worst time because now you're in survival mode, trying to make ends meet. You need money fast. You cannot afford to make the best decision to put in the investment needed for probably what's going to be slow growth in any new business endeavor. That is not the time we need to do this, uh, alongside your, you know, do it alongside your day job or do it with some margin. And once in a while we'd have people get a severance package and they'd use it for that or, or whatnot. But yeah, being in survival mode is not the time. That's not the premier time to go after a goal, uh, as well as opposed to, yeah, doing it when you're, when things are not dire. Uh, so yeah, thanks for pointing that out folks. Again, thanks as always for sharing, uh, these goals. It brings out such richness and yeah, I'm, I'm motivated to get a little more specific, go back to the Ziggler wheel of life on a couple areas that were talked about here and get a little, little more specific. I know there's some areas where I have some desires and problems, but I haven't really gotten specific on how I want to walk them out. So there yep. we go. Yeah. And I would just say, if you want encouragement, if you want more information on this we we have a transformation program which we call our Ziegler legacy certification and it really gets deep into how to set goals how to build relationships how to become the right kind of person and then how to work with those you love to help them transform as well yeah absolutely all right tom brother always a blessing all right, friends, I hope this conversation helped you reframe possibly some of your direction and how to better look at it and walk towards it. If you got value from the show, we let us know, leave a review in iTunes, then email us at thanks at ZieglerShow.com. Tell us your iTunes username so we can thank you by sending you Zig Ziglar and Tom Ziglar's book, Born to Win, an actual hard copy. And if you're ready to implant some Ziggler success into your life, don't go it alone. Go to Ziggler.com and see where we can partner with you. Well, coming up next in show 581, we are back with our duo of Ken Blanchard and Claire Diaz Ortiz, our guests from show 579, where we talked about mentoring. This is our habits show, and it made for an interesting walk through the seven spokes in the Ziggler wheel of life as we discussed the habits of both Ken and Claire. Really fun. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance, your true performance, and mine together. Together.